This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We are back. It is the home stretch here on Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. How did you like the draft? Tell us on social media. You kind of already have. But anyway, I did the picks, Mo. I did the first round pick, the Tyree Wilson pick. Overwhelmingly, the poll we put up on Twitter, 85% Raider Nation who responded to the poll liked the pick. Not surprising when you get a baller like that up front. Hopefully his foot will be okay. We'll get to that. By the way, make sure you follow Mo on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. Mo, I know you got a bunch of new pieces out on this Monday. Let everybody know what to read today. Back up on Sports Night after a small break from the platform. But for those asking, I am still the Raiders columnist at Sports Night. I'll be breaking down why I broke down each day of the Raiders draft. You heard it here. We thought of Tyree Wilson, what we thought of the day two picks. But check out what I thought about the day three picks because I thought that was more positive uh, than negative. Well, I have more positive praise than criticisms there. Now, I do have <laughs> I do have a couple. I do have a, a one major quit with their day three Mm. selections but you know it overall I, I think they did a good job and i like dave ziggler being aggressive on day three because you have 12 picks why not bundle some picks together and get your guys that you that you targeted yeah i liked how he moved around uh, and traded when he needed to trade to get the guy he wants didn't always agree with him uh, but at the same time look they they had a plan going everybody what's the plan what's the plan they clearly had one and unlike the Gruden Mayock years where you were just like trying to connect the dots, it was like the end <laughs> of usual suspects and you're seeing the board. Yeah, you couldn't figure it out. This made more sense. Even if I didn't agree with all the picks, it made sense. And I think that was a huge deal. If I'm part of Raider Nation, I'm a fan. At least I can see it, connect the dots and like, okay, these guys actually put some time and effort in and they know what they're doing. They're not reacting on emotion and just picking guys because they like them. They're actually doing it with a plan in place, which is good. All right, Mo, we look at um, the rest of these picks, and we get to round four. We'll start with the quarterback. All these fans, Mo, Raider Nation, for years, we got to get a young quarterback. we got to get a young quarterback. Well, they got Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but they did get a young quarterback. Okay, okay, it wasn't the guys everybody wanted, but Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback from Purdue, clearly this is a guy who will be the number three quarterback most likely, <laughs> in the Raiders' quarterback room. What is it about this kid that fits Josh McDaniel's M.O.? What is it about this kid that Raider fans can like? One, he has a quick release, so he's going to get the ball out very quickly, so that means he's very decisive. Mm-hmm. The other thing is he can he can read the field. Even, even sometimes he didn't read the entire field at Purdue, but he played in what was called a pro style offense, which means he have he does have to read coverages and make some checks there. So that's a positive. That means he can intake information. One of the things that that Dave Ziegler said at the end of his uh, draft press conference was, "There's one thing that we don't see about these quarterbacks that you don't see on film or when watching them on TV is the neck up." And I and I think that was important when um, you look at that selection is. 
the Raiders probably got in a room with him and felt like, okay, this kid can take a lot of information. He's great from the neck up, along with the tools he has, and he does have an arm. Not Maybe not the most accurate thrown downfield, but he does have an arm. And he's, I'm sure they think he's a very high IQ player. So when you have a high IQ backup quarterback, that guy can come in and be a spot starter. So Jimmy G goes down in the second quarter. Who can you depend on to step in right away if you don't want to depend on 37-year-old Brian Hoyer? Aiden O'Connell get in there and manage the game. And I think that's what his job is going to be initially because he does sometimes force some throws. So you want to rein that in. But if you can rein that in, you can turn him into a game manager for at least the first year. He makes a lot of the good decisions, as I said, accurate and decisive. And I think the high IQ thing really mattered to Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels, and that's why he was a selection in the fourth round. Yeah, and I like it, too, because there's zero, I mean, zero pressure for this kid to do anything but learn this right. next entire year. He'll run that practice squad team, right, Or mm-hmm. if he's not active. So he'll be able to learn what we've been told a million times is the most complex offense and terminology there is in the NFL. So, so he's going to have all that time. He's going to learn from the old man, Brian Hoyer, that's there, who's been running it. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo obviously knows it well, too, and has run it. So, so he's going to be in the perfect situation. Zero pressure. Nothing is expected of him. And, yeah, if he ends up coming in as a spot starter or at least a spot – I shouldn't say not a spot starter, but a spot player – if Hoyer, or if, excuse me, if Garoppolo goes down and Hoyer has to take over, or if he progresses really well and he can get in there, uh, all good for the Raiders, and especially in the fourth round. I mean, listen, the Raiders, depending on what happens with this season, this is a rebuild. We thought, hey, it could be a year. It looks more now the way they drafted. It could be a couple years until they start to really hit on it uh, and the plan that they want to do. So you might actually have the opportunity to draft another young quarterback next year earlier in the draft. But this is also why I said that the Rays are more likely to draft a C.J. Stroud than an Anthony Richardson or draft a late-round quarterback than to get you know, a Hendon Hooker. Right. I feel like Joshua Daniels still likes that pure pocket-passing quarterback, and, and that's why Anthony Richardson never made sense to me. I think he wants a quarterback that's going to run the play that he calls and not mm-hmm. deviate too much from the structure of his system. I mentioned this plenty of times, and this is why I said – I may like Anthony Richardson in a certain spot, but I don't think that's a fit for Josh McDaniels and what he wants for his offense. Aiden O'Connell, I think, is perfect for what he wants in a quarterback. But I will say my one criticism is the league has changed. And nowadays you need a quarterback that can move, and Aiden O'Connell has no mobility. So he better have a quick release because if he's at the mercy of that offensive line and guys are bearing down his neck, he's not going to be able to move out of the way or evade pressure. He's going to just have to throw the ball away or check it down. Yeah, his big di- big downside for sure there. All right, we look then to Chris Smith, the safety out of Georgia. We talked a little bit about him earlier, Mo, but but the, the thing with this kid that I like, he's good in press coverage, um, good hands, good in run defense as well. His tackling concerns me a little bit, not the best, uh, but also not terrible. And the Raiders, we know, have had issues with that. He's okay in the zone as well. There's some spots here that I think they can develop, but I think he's going to get thrown in there and just see what he can do. Why not? I don't think he is any worse, even as a as a, as a kid right out of college, than some of what the Raiders have had back there over the last three years. This is just my untrained eye, but I actually like him better in zone coverage than man. Do you? Because, yes, because he doesn't have that long speed. So he ran a 4-6. Sure. So, or four six two something, or or even a four seven at his pro day. So he doesn't have that speed that's going to carry down the field. So you don't want him against 
athletic wide receivers because he will he could get burned that way. The way to me, in my opinion, the way you use uh, Chris Smith is you put him in center field and allow him to read the quarterback and the wide receiver. I think that's mm-hmm. where he works best because of his IQ and his instincts. He can read a play before it happens. He has that anticipation. So if you put him in center field as a free safety, as a deep safety, that's where you get the ball production. That's where you get the interceptions. That's where you get the pass breakups from. And I think being a very instinctful uh, player at his position makes up for the lack of athleticism and speed that he has. And that's why I think he dropped to the fifth round because he doesn't have those eye popping testing numbers. Uh, but Dave Ziggler did talk about Chris Smith being a very smart player, being very instinctive and being able to locate the football. And that's what I, why I think he gets on the field very early, even as a fifth round pick. Very good to the ball. Absolutely. Uh, great encapsulation, I think, of the strengths there. Okay, then we get to the final two picks for the Raiders. Amari Bernie, the linebacker out of Florida. Look, you get to the sixth round, they finally get a linebacker, not one <laughs> that you and I would sit there and say, hey, this is a guy you get later in the draft. Um, I did not... Uh, Fully, full disclosure, did not know a lot about him until the Raiders picked him. I didn't go that deep, apparently. Uh, and so when you look at that pick, I have, that's not going to be the guy to jump in there and be a solution at linebacker right now. Is this a guy you see uh, making this roster even in the sixth round? Does he have a strong upside that you can tell right now that fans can get excited about? He has a type of background where he can contribute immediately on special teams. He's a former safety Actually transitioned to linebacker early in his career at Florida. Uh, made some waves. Had a big play against Utah at the beginning of last season. There are some. He does have some qu- coverage qualities. There was some talk about is he good in coverage? Is he not? I, I saw some discrepancies within Raiders Twitter. I'll break it down for you. He's not a man cover guy. And Dave Ziggler did mention this during his press. He said we don't ask linebackers in the NFL to cover man on man against tight ends and running backs nowadays. And I, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I think it's simply because. Running backs and tight ends have become so athletic and so good in the pass catching game that linebackers just can't keep up. You got to match a safety with one of those guys. So he's not going to be asked to cover man on man. He's going to be asked to cover in zone and close spaces, and he can do that. And that's where his ball production came from at Florida in his last season. So I think he'll be a special teamer with the upside of playing some significant snaps at linebacker because the Raiders just don't have a lot of talent at the position. So I said this that of the Raiders draft class, of the nine guys, Amari Bernie has a chance to be the biggest surprise because. The pathway for him to see a lot of uh, plays at linebacker is there because Divine Diablo, Robert Spillane, you know, the names there aren't mm-hmm. aren't big names, aren't notable names. So anyone who's at the back end of this draft class or UDFA or someone they pick up later in free agency has a chance to play a lot because the Raiders don't have a lot of positions. So Amari Bernie definitely has a chance to contribute right away. All right, there you go. Everything you want to know about Amari Bernie. And, of course, read Mo's column up on Sports Not today on Monday, and I'm sure you will see that as well. I have a guess. Is that is that a pretty accurate guess? You're going to talk about him? Yes, and I, okay. I know I seem pretty excited about Amari Bernie, and, and it's because – and not just because the Raiders don't have a lot of talent there, but I just feel like for – there's always one year where you look at one guy and it's like, how did the seventh-round pick slide and he's contributing early? How did the sixth-round yeah. pick slide? How did this UPA, UDFA slide? If you're looking at one guy who could surprise you, as I said, it's Amari Bernie because the pathway for him to play a lot is there on the weak side of that linebacker position. And, Mo, I know we're running out of time here on this show today. Uh, we talked a little bit about Nesta Jade Silvera at Arizona State, the connection there, too, as well. I want to jump in before we leave 
to some of the undrafted free agents. I think there was one or a couple actually significant signings the Raiders made that I really like. One is Dalton Wagner, the offensive tackle out of Arkansas. So they didn't address tackle in the draft. They didn't address offensive line in the draft. But they go out and get this kid. I still don't know how this kid wasn't drafted. I like him. He's got such a strong upside. And I think for a guy to come into the Raiders, offer some depth, and eventually perhaps even make his way, this is my bet to eventually make his way into being a starter. Yeah, he definitely has a chance. Uh, the Raiders, I think, are still looking for that swing tackle. Don't tell me about Brandon Parker. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> but I think I think Wagner has a chance. He's more. He's he's got that power in his hands. He was the sixth ranked rec- uh, in his recruiting class among offensive linemen in 2017. So definitely had some talent coming out. We'll see what happens there. But if you're looking at an offensive lineman who could potentially make some waves or at least make the back end of the roster, yep. he's one of the names you should look at. Azizi Hearn, of course, they signed defensive back out of UCLA. They also signed Brock Martin, outside linebacker slash edge, really uh, another undrafted guy. Another linebacker, Drake Thomas from NC State. I'm just going through the list here because there were so many many of them. And uh, Adam Plant, of course, a UNLV product, so they keep him home in Las Vegas. These guys are all going to have a chance to get into camp and and do something interesting. They also uh, signed tight end John Samuel Schenker out of Auburn. And another Perryman, (laughs) this time Washington cornerback Jordan Perryman. So the undrafted free agents to me, Mo, are always really interesting because you just don't know. These guys, a lot of these guys get into camp and they start turning heads. Um, They're always a long shot to make the roster, most of them. But there's always maybe two or three, sometimes even four, that end up shaking it enough that they either make it onto the active roster and they play special teams or they get onto the practice squad and there's somebody you can develop. Yeah, that's how I missed it. Um, Clinton Curtis, also another Chattanooga product who's yeah. talked about a lot uh, that Raiders fans really like that can possibly add some beef in, uh, on the interior of the offensive line. So definitely some names to watch among the UDFAs. We won't know really what happens with those guys until we get to training camp when they put the pads on, as they say. OTAs is kind of working out in your shorts and your t-shirt. I know there are going to be reports <laughs> about this guy looks good, this guy looks good, but I really oh, yeah. don't pay attention to that stuff until it gets to training camp when the banging really happens. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's you, you start to like their stories, and then fans right. like their stories right? And because they're always great stories. And then right. you start to root for them, and then they don't make the team and people get upset about it. But but I, I you, you can guarantee one or two at least – will make that sometimes there's even more, especially with this young roster on, on defense. Hey, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to be an open competition. So you just never know what's going to happen. But overall, Mo, I look at this Raiders this Raiders draft. And because of a couple of the, the sneaky, good late picks, including the fourth round, sixth round. And then of course the Michael Mayer pick and the Tyree Wilson pick, I give them a solid B plus on this draft B B to B plus. Um, not not good enough to be an A in my book because of some of the the misses on linebacker and obviously cornerback. I think they could have done a better job. But overall, I think Raider Nation should be happy with this as a progression, as a step towards this team getting more competitive and getting into a position where they can build a roster from the ground up to become a contender in the AFC West. You're a little higher than me, but before I give my grade, I will say I want to. I know we mentioned him earlier, but I want to say Jacorian Bennett. In that fourth round, I that was the other pick that I really liked. I felt like he was overshadowed by Deontay Banks, who went earlier, right? I believe to the Giants, but he was the other cornerback at Maryland that 
again, Jacorian Bennett has the ball production to play right away. Don't overlook and don't underestimate him. Follow him on Twitter, by the way. He's a pretty good follow. He has an inspiring story that you might want to check out. But Absolutely. my overall grade for this class is a solid B. And we talked about some of the things that I, you know, I criticize. I, I feel like Josh McDaniels needs to upgrade his idea of a modern day quarterback. I, I, I would prefer a quarterback who can move. It kind of fits the system to a T, but you got to change. You have to evolve with the game. You do. And I think you have to have a mobile quarterback. That's why you saw Tanner McKee go in the sixth round. Guy yeah. can't move. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Trey Tucker pick that is a head scratch. No matter how you try to sell it to me, that pick will always be a reach. And I just feel like they could have done better with the, oh, the, the Byron Young pick at number 70. To my opinion, should have went with a cornerback or a linebacker there. But the picks that they made, Michael Mayer, Tyree Wilson on the first day, the Chris Smith, Jacorian Bennett picks, more than made up for it. I give it a solid B. I would have went B plus again if the if the quarterback position was a little more updated, but I think B is a, is a fair grade. Well, there you have it. That's what we think. And I, I listen the Tyree Wilson thing too, just makes me a little nervous. That's all. If, yeah. It if, does. if 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 if, does. if if there anything <laughs> goes south with that with the injury. Then we're going to come back and 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 we're going to regrade because then we'd be in a much different position. As much as I like Michael Mayer and um, some of the later picks, I, I just think that that you have to be careful with that. But I like the pick overall. I like the kid. Right. He is a dog. He is exactly what you need on the other side of Max Crosby. They could be just a powerful tandem for years to come. So we'll have to see on that. But the draft is over. Now we start to get into this period of roster adjustment. We'll see what's going on with the Raiders uh, before we get to OTAs and camps, which again, OTAs aren't very exciting, but nonetheless, we're going to get into the summer slowdown here in a little bit. One thing I will say is make sure you follow the show on Twitter, SNB today. Also Mo on Twitter, M O E M O T O N. Also read his stuff up on Bleacher Report and Sports Not. You can follow me at LV Gully. I will also get back to writing here this week. By the way, just a little note, Mo and I, we've been going nonstop since July on the show. So we are going to take the rest of the week off. Yes. Oh, no. Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> now, Mo, we, we're still working and got other things going. But from this show, we're just going to give you a little break. We'll be back next week with a full slate, uh, but we're going to take a little bit of time, digest what's going on here, and we'll come back with some good guests. Of course, we like during the summer bringing on guests, former players, get some good stories. We've got to get some Al Davis stories. We haven't had any Al Davis stories lately, right? Got to get some of those. We have, we have it, but I'll say the, the most Al Davis pick in this draft was, I want to bring him up again, was Ja'Korian Bennett. Yeah. Ran a 4-3, fast as lightning, has that long speed to keep up wide receivers downfield. He he would have loved Ja'Korian Bennett. He would. And I, I love that kid. He, I'm telling you with the top of the draft sans Trey Tucker thing, we'll see. Um, but that th those picks in the first four rounds, if they hit on all of those, it's going to be a really good draft for this team um, because that kid is good. And, and uh, I was excited when they select him. So we'll see how it all runs down, but uh, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it. Make sure you follow us all on Twitter and we will interact with you. But uh, and make sure, Mo, you got any live stuff coming up? Or are you are you done for a little while too at Bleacher Report? I have one more Raiders live show on Tuesday, twelve noon Eastern, so nine Pacific. Nice. Yes, nice. so I'll be I'll be again going over the Raiders draft class, just going more in depth on each pick. So if you like this show, of our breakdown of the picks, you'll love my Bleacher Report live show again, twelve noon Eastern, nine nine a.m. Pacific. Also, I have another. I'll have another sports not pizza at the end of the week. You won't be hearing or seeing us here on YouTube because we're off. But <laughs> if you want, if you want to get your fix, 
you want to get your Raider fix on, on draft from draft day, I'll have a column up on sports night at the end of the week. There you go. See, we don't, we don't, we don't completely abandon you. We're, we're still right. there for you. It's just different formats. You, you'll different be all format. good with it. All right, Mo, take care, man. We will see you next week. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, guys, everybody, we appreciate you being with us as always. Thank you for subscribing to the show, wherever you get your podcast, just search silver and black today, hit subscribe, hit auto download. That helps us out significantly. Great chat again by the folks on YouTube. So thanks for being with us as well and say goodbye to our friends listening on the bet in las vegas on the radio we appreciate you being with us for our producer david stepanian for my co-host mo moten i am scott Colbranson. this has been silver and black today have a great week Raider nation